Hey listeners, I recently launched an ad-free Serial Napper feed so that you can enjoy the podcast without interruptions. Elevate your Serial Napper listening experience by joining my Patreon community and get yourself an ad-free feed on Spotify. For just $2 a month, you can become a member today and unlock ad-free episodes while still supporting the podcast. It's super easy. Just visit Serial Napper on your Spotify app and click the button at the top that says exclusive episodes for subscribers. Don't use Spotify for your listening? No problem. Just visit patreon.com slash Serial Napper to get your episodes ad-free and enjoy uninterrupted storytelling while you get your naps in. Mother's Day is almost here. Have you found that truly special sentimental gift for your mom yet? Don't worry, I got you. MyLifeInABook.com is a unique service that turns your mom's life stories into a beautiful book. Here's how it works. Every week, MyLifeInABook.com will send her a question via email. These can be pre-written questions about her life or any custom questions that you want to ask. And then she can either type her response or use their voice-to-text feature And MyLifeInABook.com compiles all of her responses into a beautiful keepsake book. Imagine discovering stories about her youth, adventures, and the challenges that she overcame. This book becomes a legacy, something you and your children can treasure forever. Your mom has given you a lifetime of stories. This is your chance to give her a way to share them. I loved this idea so much that I've started my own My Life in a Book for my children to have. The thought of my son and daughter being able to learn about my life story as they grow into their own adulthood is truly special. It's been an enjoyable journey of self-reflection for me too, with questions like, which one event made the greatest impact on your life? It's brought back memories I didn't even know I had. I love it, and I know your mother will too. Check out mylifeinabook.com and use code SERIALNAPPER at checkout for 10% off. Create an unforgettable gift for your mom this Mother's Day. That's mylifeinabook.com and use code SERIALNAPPER for 10% off today. Hey everyone, my name is Nikki Young and this is Serial Napper, an international true crime podcast. I'm back with another true crime story to lull you to sleep or perhaps to give you nightmares. This case was sent to me by a listener and I just want to thank that person for sharing it with me because it's a really important one. If you regularly listen to Serial Napper, you're likely familiar with a previous episode that I did on Jason Vukovic, who goes by the nickname the Alaskan Avenger. He was the man who attacked child sex predators, and he found their names on the public sex offender registry list. In that episode, I talked about how these sex offender databases are made public in the U.S., basically for anyone to look at, but it's a different story in Canada. In Canada, we have a database, but not just anyone can access it. It's kept for the use and benefit of the police only. 
And there's a bit of debate around that, whether or not everyone should have access to a database of sex offenders that live in their neighborhoods, or whether that might incite vigilante justice and put these people at risk. The reason I mention this is because many people are pushing for change in Canada. They're wanting the registry to be made public, particularly after the horrific events that happened in the case that I'm covering tonight. Many people believe that this story was completely avoidable and preventable if only Canada had different privacy laws around the sex offender registry. It's an interesting topic, and I think if nothing else, we should at least take a look at what's in place now and if we can update those policies to better protect the public. Before I get into the details, some of the cases that I cover are more difficult and sensitive in nature than others, and this is definitely one of those cases. It's involving S.A. and the murder of a child. But as always, I'm going to be as respectful as I can and not totally gratuitous in the details. This is a very important story that needs to be shared far and wide because there needs to be changes in how predators are simply released into the public. So let's jump in. Before this tragedy unfolded, the life story of Cody Lee McConnell, Mikhail Bush, and their baby Noah was one that was full of happy times and so much love. When Cody and Mikhail first met in high school at a party, there was an instant connection. After only three dates together, they knew that their relationship was something real and special, and so they were pretty much inseparable after that. They would spend the next seven and a half years together. Mikhail would work for the Camrose Association for Community Living before leaving to attend Norquest College in Edmonton and completing her practical nursing program. When Mikhail became pregnant with baby Noah, Cody decided to get down on one knee and propose to the love of his life while the pair were ice skating, something that they did many times together. Mikhail absolutely loved figure skating, so it was the perfect moment to make it official. It wasn't long after the engagement that Noah made his way into this world on April 18th, 2020. Cody would say that he was a very happy, bubbly baby, and even if Noah was crying, somehow he would just still end up smiling. And this is something that I noticed right away during my research into the case. All of the photos that I have found of Noah show him with these bright blue eyes and this big toothless smile on his face. Particularly in an era of COVID where basically the whole world was shut down, Noah became the center of his parents' universe, with Cody later saying that growing up, he had always dreamed of being a father. They built a beautiful life together, with Cody working the pipelines in Western Canada and Mikhail taking care of little Noah. Shortly after Noah was born, Cody was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis, which forced him to take a leave of absence from work. But it meant that he was able to spend even more time with his wife and his new baby. Eventually, he would go back to work, and the family would move around from place to place wherever Cody was needed before finally settling into a new apartment in Hinton, Alberta in September of 2021. This move was supposed to be an exciting start of something new and good. 
They had previously been living in a trailer and Mikhail had found it to be a little tight on space, so they were happy to finally have their own apartment to move around in. Just a couple of weeks later, this start of something new and good would turn into one of the most horrific nightmares that you could ever imagine. On the morning of September 15th, 2021, Mikhail decided to take little Noah to the park nearby. When they returned to their apartment building around noon, Mikhail would have a conversation with the building manager. According to an agreed statement of facts, the building manager asked Mikhail to clean up some dirt and mud that was on the floor in the hall and the stairwell near their unit. The building manager believed that the dirt had come from Cody's work boots. A fellow neighbor named Robert Keith Major, who also lived in the building and actually shared a wall with Mikhail and Cody, overheard the conversation between the building manager and Mikhail, and he offered to clean up the mess for her. Mikhail gladly accepted the help because Cody was at work, so she was busy taking care of Noah. So she returned to her unit to make lunch and put Noah down for a nap. Later that evening, when Cody returned home from work, he found his apartment completely empty. No Mikhail and no Noah, which was obviously concerning. He couldn't reach her by phone, and there was no indication of where the pair might be. There was raw food sitting on the kitchen counter, and it looked like someone had been cooking, but they were interrupted. Mikhail's car was still parked outside, and Noah's stroller was in the apartment, so it didn't appear as if they had gone anywhere. Cody called the RCMP to report them missing, and there was a search of the area and canvassing of residents who also lived in the same apartment building. One of the doors that police knocked on was that of Robert Keith Major, the neighbor who had offered to clean up the mud on the floors for Mikhail earlier in the day. He claimed that just a few hours earlier, he saw Mikhail run out of the apartment building crying and get into her car. The police decided to have a look at the apartment building surveillance video footage, and while they didn't see Mikhail or Noah leaving the building, they did see something else that looked suspicious to them. On the day of the disappearance, Robert Keith Major was seen carrying out two large garbage bags and tossing them directly into the dumpster. And now this is where I should probably pause and give you a trigger warning. As I said at the beginning of the episode, this case is very disturbing. If you're not in a mental state to be able to really process horrific things, you might want to pause here. When the police searched the dumpster in those trash bags, they would find Mikhail's phone and the body of 16-month-old Noah. Police raided Robert Major's apartment, where they discovered 24-year-old Mikhail's body nude and face down in the bathtub. What Major would eventually confess to doing to this mother and her little baby is beyond comprehension. Originally, he was arrested and charged with second-degree murder for both Mikhail and Noah. However, those charges would be upgraded to first-degree murder once more evidence was discovered that painted a clear picture of what this monster did. According to an agreed statement of facts, on the day of the murders, after the interaction between Mikhail and the building manager where she was asked to clean up the mud from the hallways, Mikhail went back to her unit and she began cooking while she was on the phone with a friend. It was around noon when she was still on the phone with her friend and there was a knock on the door. 
The friend on the other line heard a male's voice offering to help vacuum up the mud. The male was Robert Keith Major. Mikhail accepted his offer and thanked him, then went back to what she was doing. The last text message on her phone would be sent at around 2.21 p.m. My family is getting ready to make a big move across the ocean to a place where English isn't the spoken language. This isn't my first rodeo, so I'm making sure I'm fully prepared by learning the language ahead of time. Sure, I know I can use an app once I get there, but you'd be shocked by how much gets lost in translation. I want to talk like a local, which is why I'm excited to use Rosetta Stone, the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone truly immerses you in the language you want to learn and has been a trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, and more. Rosetta Stone helps you to think in the language you're learning using an intuitive process that's designed for long-term retention. Their built-in true accent feature gives you feedback on your pronunciation so that you're easily understood by native speakers. They have convenient desktop and app options, so you can learn on the go, and they offer a lifetime membership that includes all 25 languages at an incredible value. And now you can save even more with 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Serial Napper listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today, today. Sunnier, warmer days are almost here. Why not get a head start on looking and feeling your best this summer by trying something new like Factors No Prep, No Mess meals that are ready to eat in just two minutes. Get a helping hand to meet your wellness goals with Factors chef-crafted meals that include different nutritional options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Healthy meal planning has never looked so good with Factors fresh, never-frozen meals that are also dietitian approved No matter how busy you are, Factor can help kickstart and maintain a new healthy routine by making it easy to enjoy nutritious meals on the go. Plus, you'll never get bored eating the same thing every day because they offer 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. We're talking restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon because eating healthy doesn't have to be boring. Personally, I love not having to overthink what I'm going to eat every single day because that's half the battle. And I don't have to bother with shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. But the best part is, these meals are delicious with ingredients you can trust. Crush your wellness goals this May. Head to factormeals.com slash napper50 and use code napper50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code NAPPER50 at factormeals.com slash NAPPER50 to get 
50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. At some point, shortly after that, for whatever reason, Mikhail wound up in Major's apartment. It's unclear why she was there, but it likely had something to do with the mud. Maybe he wanted to show her something or ask her about something. I couldn't find that information anywhere, but it sounds like he somehow tricked her into going into his apartment. Once there, he pushed her onto the floor and began to strangle her. Unfortunately, this was not a quick death by any means, and he wasn't able to strangle her to the point of death, though he attempted to for 10 minutes. Eventually, he would grab a nearby cable and then strangle her until she died. After that, he put on medical gloves so that he wouldn't leave any fingerprints, and then he removed all of her clothing and he sexually assaulted her digitally and then also with a wooden spoon. Then he moved her body to his bathtub, where he used various knives to remove several of her internal organs. Again, it's unclear what he did with those organs, but I don't think it really matters. After he was done with Mikhail, he went back to her apartment for Noah. I don't know why he had decided to hurt Noah too, there was really no reason for it, but this guy is clearly just a very disturbed individual who seeks to harm other people. He brought Noah back to his apartment, where he suffocated him by putting a sock in his mouth and tying a plastic bag around his chest, apparently to get the toddler to stop crying. Once Noah was dead, he put him in a garbage bag along with Mikhail's phone and tossed it into the dumpster. It's believed that Mikhail was the main target and Major's motivation was sexual in nature. Unfortunately, Noah was just evidence that Major felt like he needed to get rid of. Now, let's pause here for a moment to talk about this absolute piece of trash, Robert Keith Major, because he's a disgusting piece of belly button lint who really should have never been released into the public to begin with. Major was a convicted sex offender. In 2012, he was sentenced to three years, 10 months, 30 days for taking a toddler from a babysitter's care for an unsupervised walk and sexually assaulting the child. Yes, he sexually assaulted a toddler and he received under four years behind bars. There are many reasons that I'm proud to be Canadian, but I'm absolutely disgusted with our legal system. And this wasn't even his first offense. Before assaulting a toddler, he was charged with sexual assault in 2006. While he was serving his sentence for the sexual assault on the toddler, he was also accused of inappropriately touching another inmate. Major was granted statutory release in February of 2016 after completing a National Moderate Intensity Sex Offender Program in 2015. This is where he worked closely with mental health nurses, he attended church, and connected with pastors. He clearly had many people in his life fooled. But even though he completed the program, there were still so many red flags that he would reoffend if he were ever released. In 2013, he had a psychological assessment done, and the report stated that he posed a high risk for impulsive behavior and a high risk for sexually harming someone he deemed weaker than himself. The document states, quote, 
file information indicates that you admitted to being sexually aroused by this assault and you stated that you committed the offense for the thrill of it. So the board knew that he was a high-risk reoffender, and so did the police. So much so that in 2017, Edmonton Police Services put out a media release warning the community that Major was going to be released. And here's what it said. Public information and warning. Sexual offender released. In the interest of public safety, the Edmonton Police Service is issuing the following warning. Robert Major is a convicted sexual offender, and the Edmonton Police Service has reasonable grounds to believe that he will commit another sexual offense against a female, including children, while in the community. Major will be residing in the Edmonton area. The Edmonton Police Service is seeking a reconnaissance order on Major, and he will be closely monitored by the Behavioral Assessment Unit of the Edmonton Police Service. Major has been placed on a series of court-ordered conditions, including must abide by a curfew of 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. daily, must not travel out of the city of Edmonton without written permission from his supervisor, must not purchase, possess, or consume any alcohol or drugs, including marijuana, must not enter establishments whose primary source of income is derived from the sale or consumption of alcohol, must not associate with any person known or have reason to believe has a criminal record or is involved in criminal activity without written approval from his supervisor, must not purchase or possess any children's or women's undergarments, must not be in, near, or around places where children under the age of 18 years are likely to congregate, for example, elementary, secondary schools, daycare centers, parks, swimming pools, wading pools, splash parks, or recreational centers, unless accompanied by an adult previously approved by his supervisor. Must not be in the presence of any children under the age of 18 unless accompanied by an approved adult aware of his criminal history and previously approved by his supervisor. Must not own, view, or possess any material that depicts children in any state of dress, whether it is on paper, video, computer discs, hard drive, or any electronic media. RCMP said that Major had not been subject to any reconnaissance conditions since July of 2020. So here's the thing. Robert Keith Major was put on the sex offender registry here in Canada. However, unlike in the States, this registry is not available to the public or even landlords, only law enforcement. And it's terrifying. This man was not being monitored in any way by law enforcement and he was living in a building with many families who had small children, and there was even a school nearby. And sadly, no one who lived in that same apartment building was ever made aware of it. As I said, not even landlords have access to the sex offender registry, so it's very likely that the building manager didn't have any idea that he was allowing a predator to live there. I can't imagine finding out that I lived next door to a person who had sexually assaulted a toddler. I'd be moving the hell out of there. And so I'm sure you can see why Cody, Mikhail's husband and Noah's father, feels completely failed by the system. He would never have moved his family into that building if he knew who else was living there. They made me whole when I was broken. And now they're gone. The system failed Mikhail and Noah by not letting us know that we moved in next to a 
convicted sexual offender. Major did have several court-ordered conditions as part of his release, including having a curfew and staying away from places where there were children. However, an offender's information will be removed when they haven't been convicted of an offense for 12 months and are no longer under court-ordered supervision. So, when the murders happened, he wasn't even being watched by the police. It's actually really terrifying to think that not even the monsters that we know about are being monitored by law enforcement. That once someone has served their sentence, no matter how heinous their crime is, or no matter high the probability of them hurting more people is, they're pretty much free to do whatever they'd like. After the murders of his wife and son, Cody McConnell wants to see that changed. He's pushing for what he is calling Noah's Law, obviously named after his baby boy. The bill includes lifetime monitoring for people who are convicted of multiple sexual assault or aggravated assault against children. It also includes tools for landlords to evaluate prospective tenants. People should know who they're living next to. According to the website, noahslaw.ca, it says, quote, the petition, Noah's Law, demands that our federal and provincial governments amend the law that created the National Sex Offender Registry to change the purpose of the act from only assisting police investigations to a purpose of protecting the public from high-risk sex offenders. This will allow police to immediately warn the public and also allow landlords of family rentals to have police check on any prospective tenant's name against the registry. If you're interested in finding out more information about Noah's Law, I'll have the link in my show notes. They also have a petition there that you can sign if you'd like to lobby for more monitoring of sexual predators in Canada. Robert Keith Major pleaded guilty to two counts of first-degree murder, and he will be sentenced later this year in November. And I really hope that whatever is handed down to him has him in prison until the day that he dies so that he can never hurt another person again. The minimum sentence for first-degree murder is life in prison with no possibility of parole for 25 years, so I guess we'll see. No other family should ever have to go through anything like this. Mikhail and Noah should still be here today. I highly encourage you to check out the petition and to consider signing it in honor of them both. They deserved so much better than what happened to them, and if nothing else, Changes brought forward in their name could potentially save other lives. That's it for me tonight. If you want to reach out, you can find me on Facebook at Serial Napper. You can also search for me on Apple or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Check me out on Twitter at Serial underscore Napper or I'm on YouTube, Nikki Young, Serial Napper, and that's all one word. Until next time, stay safe, stay kind, especially in the comments. Bye. I'm Dean. I'm the dad. I'm Laura. I'm the mom. And I'm Crystalyn. I'm the daughter. And together we are... Family Plot! The Family Plot Podcast, a show where we discuss history, folklore, true crime, and the paranormal. 
minus all the oogie bits. The RPG-13... almost 15 now. We're in the commercial. ...do catch us looking into special topics like... The Origins of Fairy Sherlock Holmes. And the trial of Dr. Hyde and Mr. Swope. Find out who Dad Man Crush is. Or what happens in Krista's Corner. But behave, you two. So come be a part of the fam. Available on Google, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Family Plot Podcast. Bye!